his left, Jess on his right. Hey, hold up, don't start a fight. He's got you covered with all the sports. Don't fret, he's wearing shorts. It's time for Waking Jake in the morning. Waking Jake at night. Jake sucks. And good morning, Bakers. What is going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday morning to you, April 27th. Mm. A big week this week. The NFL Draft is among us. One of my favorite sports weeks of the season. Um, I don't care how far I end up down this slippery slope of baseball and everything else. The NFL Draft... It just does not get better, man. Uh, the hopes and dreams of your franchise going up and down with each selection. Mm. Some in your control, some not in your control. And we are joined by Justin Pennick, talking Giants, talking football, New no. Jersey. What else do you, what do you like hail from? New Jersey Generals. New Jersey Gens, that's yeah. your team. Yeah, New Jersey Generals. That's your squad. How you doing? Jake Storielli, talking Jake. Yeah. Yeah. BBD. Bakers, how we doing? How we feeling? Happy yeah. one day until Christmas. So I guess this is technically second mm. Christmas Eve of the year. Mm. If you're an NFL fan, and I know we got NBA playoffs going on, I know we got <clears throat> good baseball going on, but I mean, I'm really excited to look at the ratings tomorrow. Mm. I'm really excited to look at the ratings because now this is a draft that's kind of, the, the world's kind of getting back, right? We're in Vegas. The draft was supposed mm. to be in Vegas last year. So um, it's I think it's going to be very aesthetically pleasing if you saw the the NFL network setup. I think we're going to see our friend Chris Rose on Friday. Yeah. So we're going to see what that looks like on just how pretty it's going to be in Las Vegas and just how awesome it's going to be. The players are going to be back too. So I'm excited to see number one, how it's going to look, how it's going to go down and what our favorite teams are going to be doing. This is a very interesting and unique draft too, just from a player perspective too. So I'll, I'm pumped to talk about it. I'm excited to talk about it with you too. Uh, King BBD, we are all currently wearing sunglasses yep. as a pre-show development. Thank you, because yeah. these are prescription, and this helps me see. They are prescription. Yeah. Wow. I was getting flack during the, the Blitzball tournament. That, yeah. Oh, you can't see. It's like, no, if I had them off, I wouldn't be able to see. I was just really about wouldn't be able to see. No. I was just about to say, uh, other people may know you as... An umpire. Which I think actually putting these on makes me more recognizable. Yeah. Especially with the John Boy media crowd as opposed to like, you know, my own football crowd. So, Well, JP, I think there's a couple things I want to check off first. Just because the people come here. A lot of baseball nuts. A lot of Yankees nuts. Rizzo three homer game yesterday. You could have gone. The third one? Yeah. was so fun. <laughs> uh, we, Zach, B Zach was Sam at the and game. I were there. And it was... Like in like it, it was the most off the bat like that was a foul home run uh -huh. ever yeah and I when I saw the clip on on the Twitter I was like yeah okay that good that did capture that so that was... we like we all like looked away and we looked back up and it was like what what were the <laughs> physics of that Dude, like it Give felt like it's a slice intervention. it's a slice it's uh if you come across a ball this way and the ball goes that yeah, way yeah. <laughs> so Aaron Boone I'm I'm not normally a big press conference guy. Um, 
<laughs> Someone in the chat just got me. Uh, Bobby Skinner too lazy to wake up early. <laughs> Bobby's floating around the office. We got a lot going to talk to him today. Bobby and I had too much to drink last night. That's why I have to have these sunglasses. Yes, on. yes, that's why we all are. Um, the Rizzo home run was was awesome and hilarious, especially coming after having a porch job. Um, Yankees doctor Chris Ahmad just liked my tweet last night. Rizzo mm. three homer game. Porch me and spit in my mouth. Let's go, Yanks. So, glad to be on that relationship level with him. Um, <laughs> crazy night around baseball. Glad you got to see it, BBD. Boone's quote after the game was like, it's exactly kind of what you said, and even on TV, and just the way Rizzo reacted to it, there was just this glimmer of like, no way, but let's watch. <laughs> And I, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the swing or I think it was Rizzo's reaction of him giving the like, I'm going to watch this. There's no way, but I'm going to watch this. It was like the, I don't know what this sports equivalent. It would be like a, a golfer hitting a, a ball 240 yards and it's rolling up on the green and you're like, it's not going to go in the hole, but... Let me watch this. And that's kind of what Boone said after. He's like, it was a a foul ball, but you... Something felt amiss. And then in the magic of Hmm. Yankee Stadium or Rizzo or Italians or Tino Martinez or whatever it was, that ball comes back in, uh, lands in only a spot in Yankee Stadium. Uh, 180 180 degrees, it it fell down. Like, it just straight. Pure chaos. I will... uh, I'll give the people a little bit of a cheese before we before we head into the draft. Uh, Ian Happ, who is a friend, a colleague, sure, um, uh, of the company. Uh, I've already texted him a couple times, being like, "I love Rizzo." Kind of like this guy. Um, and so okay, so here's here's my evidence. <laughs> uh, on six fifteen last Thursday, I said Happer. Rizzo's awesome and completely has my heart. Dude's awesome to watch. Hap said he's just going to get better. Clutch as they come. Going to have that team rolling. So, A, hey. that's pretty cool. Hey. Uh, and then I tweeted at him, and I think he didn't want to engage with it because I think that would have pissed off Cubs fans on Twitter. So he texted, he goes, look at Riz go. Uh, black. And Hap. So, and this is funny because we're losers that live on the internet, and Ian Happ is a starting outfielder for the Chicago Cubs. He's a human being. He goes, call Elias, like the sports bureau, because he mm-hmm. goes, that might be the least total distance for a three-homer game in the Sackass era. <laughs> I sent him the tweet that was Anthony Rizzo's three-homer game was the shortest amount of <laughs> distance in the home run here. He goes, love to see it. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, Rizzo is awesome. I mean, the emotions I was having between Tino and Rizzo. And, I mean, I know you shouldn't just throw that out there. I mean, Tino's the first baseman of the dynasty. It's hilarious in hindsight how Italian his name was. Mm. Mm. Italian night last night. Just the whole Italian night. Gallo gets the homer, so that was fun. And then the other things I just want to check off quick. If you haven't seen the ending to the Minnesota Twins-Detroit Tigers game, it's hilarious. Have mm-hmm. you not seen it? No, I've seen it. <clears throat> bad base running, like bad, multiple bad. If you were, if you were to count the bad things that happened in a play, 
I know it was against Tigers, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. there are more. I'm bad not sure if there's more total mistakes. There are more like, bad things that happen on the Twins that play, but they wind up winning the game. I feel. I mean, missed. <laughs> it was missed catch. Yeah. It was runner overrunning third. It was yeah. runner running from first. Yep. And the runner running from second. Yes. And then the th- the two throws. I mean, the guy spikes a throw because the runner stops running. And then the throw into the outfield. Uh, if you have no idea what we're talking about, literally go look it up. It is a must-watch to get into your day today. Um, the other thing that just needs to be said, the John Morant dunk last night mm-hmm. is one of my favorite things I've seen on a basketball court. Um, I think sometimes the dunk the dunk and the home run get lumped together because if you've, if you've seen a few of them, you know what you're getting into. <laughs> John Morant's dunk in a playoff game. <laughs> in like a in a playoff game in like a contested Whew. series within a contested game. Like in like a big comeback win, like that uh that dude is a dude. He's on my board. Love it. I would take him in the draft. Love it, love it. He play what? John Morant, a little wide receiver, something like that. He's gotta yeah. be what, six three? Tight end. I mean, you know, maybe you yeah, the, if he's physical enough. The tight ends that have that basketball background, I mean, that's kind of like what you look for. I mean, it, yeah. like, hey, if you're, if you're, if it, it feels like every like failed college basketball yeah. small forward becomes like the best tight end ever. If you're, if you can, if you can put on some weight and you can get over to 230, 240, mm. get over that hump, go out and uh, be a tight end and win those contested catches. I mean, that's honestly something that I do look for. Like, you know, if, right. hey, you know, you watch, you, mm. you watch, you watch the tape, you watch some transferable thing. skills. John Morant listed 6'3", 174. So uh, we might have to keep him out. Let's, let's put receiver. on some LBs. We might have to keep him out. receiver. Line. Maybe even give him a couple touches, end around. Um, Love it. With that being said, like you said, Justin Panic, it is a, a Christmas Eve of sorts for football fans. It's a Christmas Eve of sorts for... I guess freaks like me that just love any sort of draft. Uh, yes. As people are tracking my MLB The Show journey. Today is uh, Wednesday. I just love to draft. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, JJR coming up in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, G? G. G draft. I'll tell the people. Whoops. Um, not that it'll affect the G draft. Anyways. Gonorrhea. First pick. <laughs> You always jump there. I've got, like, four picks I'm so stoked about. We'll talk about it. teaser. Uh, Justin Panic. you guys, talking Giants, talking football. Yep. There's a lot of tapes um, on different draft prospects. I mean, the m- most recent one is uh, Iquanu versus Jermaine Johnson. That's a, a good one. Breakdown. That is a good one. On- honestly, probably one of the best matchup film breakdowns you can get. So on that Talking Football channel, hey, there's Talking Baseball, there's Talking Giants, there's yeah. Talking Yanks, there's also a Talking Football. Um, so Bobby Skinner's doing a great job of putting out a lot of different film breakdowns. <laughs> he even does some matchup ones. And Akema Kwanu versus Jermaine Johnson, you're talking about two first-round picks, two possible, two top-ten picks yeah. going up against each other, and both of them had some really good plays, really good reps against each other. So um, if you want to get ready for the draft, and it's like, oh, I don't, we, we do a nice little combo of first round guys, and then also some maybe value guys right. in the second, third, fourth round that you can get. Um, so go check that out and uh, add plug over. And that's, uh, I also love the, for those, and I think any fan of any team feels this, is you guys get a little bit of, oh, if the Vikings draft yeah. player X, they Google their name. That's right. And there you guys are. So, um, 
this draft, uh, I'll, I, I keep saying checking boxes. I think I'm on a big checking boxes. Quick. Sure. You're productive today. I listen, I listen to a lot of McShay, Daniel Jeremiah, the usuals, um, wherever I, I listen to my podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, the consensus is there's no sexy quarterback, so the draft hasn't been as sexy this year. Yep. Um, the other thing is up the first two, if people have no idea, Aiden Hutchinson, Trayvon Walker seem to be 1-2 two or 2-1. Two, Which is wild. Yeah. Explain why that's wild, if you, well, if you would. Here, here's how I kind of, this may be rude, but here's how I kind of lightly put this Trayvon Walker situation. Trayvon Walker is a very good athlete. He's an elite athlete, but he's just not a very, very good football player yet. And really, if you're taken in the top 10 in the NFL draft, you kind of already have to be a good football player. There is a point where, hey, you get to the second, third, fourth round, especially day three, where traits. You want to take a guy that's traits. You want to take a guy that has those traits because you're not going to find a lot of just good football players day three. So you want to take the guy with the athletic traits, the explosiveness, et cetera, et cetera. So Trayvon Walker, though, if you're going to be taking him number one, number two, number three, if you're going to be taking him in that top five, top ten, right. he just hasn't really shown to be a really good football player yet. And a lot of people talk about, well, Georgia and the scheme didn't tell him to do certain things. And that is true to a point where Georgia and that elite defense, by the way, there's probably like five, six, seven right. starters on that Georgia defense um, who's going to be like day one and day two picks, which is crazy. I think Alabama, um, like the, the way that Georgia defense is going this year puts Alabama to shame on a good year. Um, it's just nuts. So Trayvon Walker, though, doesn't use his hands that well. He has the strength. He has the elite explosiveness. So there is upside to taking him. But number one, number two, that's tough. It's, yeah. it's tough. But a team is going to talk themselves into him. Like, there's too much smoke there. There's too much smoke for there not to be fire at this point. Yeah, it's going to be funny to look back at the Georgia team in a few years because that defense was so, so good. And there's so many talented guys that are going first and second round. And it's... Like you're saying, it becomes the draft argument of the the freaks versus uh, uh, who's the linebacker there that everyone loves that people are debating if he's a first round or second round pick. You got Devin Lloyd is up there too. Nicobe Dean. Nicobe Dean Nicobe is the one Dean. I was thinking yeah. about. Um, you know, everyone, everyone kind of that I listen to has been saying that he's one of like the best football players in the draft, yeah. but positionally at inside linebacker and you know, some of the freaky measurements that have now become so important in the NFL mm-hmm. draft. Some of the other, his own teammates outshine him. But if you watch Georgia game tape, he's the guy that you're like, well, he makes every play. Yeah, N'Kobe <laughs> Dean is the one that's just like running around. He's running around the football field like a nut making those plays. And he's a linebacker that can do multiple things and not just one of these linebackers that can move sideline to sideline and he's fast. So N'Kobe Dean is fun. That entire Georgia defense is fun. Another guy that you're talking about positional value and if is he worth taking that early Jordan Davis is a mammoth of, of a human being. Just look up pictures of Jordan Davis, mm. and you know, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a good time if you're a sucker for the big hog mollies up front. Um, Jordan Davis is another guy where I'm inter- interested to see where he goes on Georgia because weight is a concern, right? And this is some tackles and some offensive linemen have this concern too. And you see it with Makai Becton and with the Jets, who's a you know, they have two top ten picks. What are they gonna do? Um, so we're gonna talk about that too. But you know, uh, if you're if you have if you weigh a lot. Can you keep the weight down? Because right now you're around the time of the year where these guys are at the best, or they're in the best shape of their life. Right. So can they keep that weight down at the pros when maybe they uh, they get a little less strict with their weight? So uh, let's do let's do New York, New York, quick. Because I I I was gonna say let's work our way down the draft a little bit. Um, 
the Texans, although they are a pivot point in the draft, whether it's a uh, Thibodeau or one of the linemen, but I, I guess this almost ties into New York and I'm, I was laughing because I was remembering all the tweets during the season of if the season ended today, the Jets and Giants would have <laughs> the picks four through eight or yeah. whatever it was, like the, those tweets. They're all like consecutive, yeah. The New York Jets have the four pick, the Giants have the five, the Giants have the seven, the Jets have the ten. So four of the top ten picks will be going to New York. You guys specialize in talking Giants, mm-hmm. the G-men. BBD is a Giants fan. Um I guess it starts with five, and then it goes to seven, right? Yeah. And uh, you, you and I talked about this a little bit yesterday. I guess what's our what's our best case, worst case? I think for both teams, edge offensive tackle. I think for best case for both teams is going edge offensive tackle for the Giants. Now there's tackles that you wouldn't want, and I think especially for the Giants, I think the Giants are more dire need of a tackle than the Jets because the Jets at least have Becton. They at least have George Fant, um, where at this point they're kind of just looking for depth. Now, you don't know what Bakai Becton's future is, but the Giants just don't have a right tackle. Like, right. We're, we're looking for uh, human beings with pulses, and that's really the way that I would summarize the Giants' offseason so far is that the Giants have signed players that have pulses that are football players because they haven't gone out and they haven't spent a lot of money, and that's what they need right now. And luckily, the Giants are going to have nine shots. They're going to have nine bullets to... Add up pulses. Usually bullets kill pulses. Yeah. But, you know, you understand the metaphor. Um, I would love Evan Neal Akemikwanu at five. Okay. I would love, love, love that. And if a couple funky things happen in the top four, like a Trayvon Walker, if a Malik Willis happens in the top four to the Lions, or if a team trades up, I mean, that is the ideal scenario that one of those two tackles or possibly both would fall. And then uh, for the Giants, we're smiling because we get to have our choice at the top two. And the Jets are also smiling too because if they want to go tackle, then they get you know, probably the second guy on their board if the Giants and the Jets have the same. So, Evaniel Kemakwanu, and in a way, I'm a little bit jealous of how of where the Jets are sitting because four, they're going to be in a better spot to grab a player that right. they like, right? You know, because you're just head more. And then 10, 10, you're in a spot where this isn't a very front-loaded, heavy draft class. Like, I think after you get past pick five, you may be picking a player that is like, I don't really feel fully comfortable taking him in the top 10, but I but I have to right. because teams aren't going to want to trade because it's not a QB-heavy class, and teams usually don't trade up for non-quarterbacks. So Jets are in a good spot because at 10, at least you know that you're going to be getting a player that's like, yeah, is this guy a top 10 pick? Maybe not really, but I can understand where we're going to go and we can still get a really good football player. Whereas the Giants at 7, if the board falls a certain way, they may be reaching for a player. Like, I wouldn't love a Derek Stingley Jr. from LSU. The guy had his best year in 2019 and has barely played throughout 2020 and 2021, had season-ending injuries in, in both years. So he, he put on his best tape uh, in 2019, so that's not great. Charles Cross is another guy who Bobby and I are both very kind of off on from Mississippi State. Mm. Wide splits, wide splits up front in that air raid offense at Mississippi State. So when you're further away from the quarterback... It's easier to kind of block, and you have more margin for error. And Charles Cross is also a guy that opens up his hips right away. Um, basically, you like everything with, within the first second. To You hate everything within the first second to second and a half of Charles Cross. You hate you. I'm saying this wrong. You hate everything within the first second to second and a half. You love everything that comes after that second and a half because he's okay. able to recover well. Okay. Coach that in. Um, <laughs> so. There's a lot. I feel like Charlie Day. 
You know that uh, your feel. I mean, this is your time of year. This is why the, you're hot. Baby. The boards. You know, it's it's so like because there's no consensus quarterbacks. You know, last year right. you had quarterbacks go one through three. You had T Law. Yeah. You had um. You know, you had um, Trey Lance, and then you had Zach Wilson. T Law. So those are the yeah. So those are the first three quarterbacks that came off the board, and you're like, fine. That's just how the NFL draft goes. This year you don't have that, and because of that, and also there's no consensus top dogs in this class the boards of these NFL teams are probably looking so drastically different. This so, is going to be a messy draft. It, it could this be. This is going to be a messy draft. It's going to shake out any way. Yeah. All, everything that you're saying, yeah. that And it kind of makes sense. Um, so, uh, I guess, so Giants, we'll finish this off. Yeah. You're expecting, I don't want to say sexy is the wrong word, um, because O-line and D-line, especially for you guys, is very can be very sexy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're not expecting any skill position. You're expecting in the trenches, basically. Yeah. O-line, D-line. Yeah, corner. Corner could be corner the... Corner could happen, too. Sauce, Sauce Gardner, Gardner, Derek Stingley. I mean, okay. Th- those are the two that, that could I can see. You know, the Giants had him in for private workouts. Uh, the Jets could also go corner, too, even though like I think a lot of their fan base would not be thrilled with uh, not taking an offensive tackle, or especially edge, because they want the Jets really want that at those uh, premier edge rushers. Robert Sala... Coming from San Francisco, you know, they have one of the Bosa brothers over there. So um, that fits them a little bit better in what San Fran does and how they've been successful over the years. But I think I my prediction is that Jets and Giants fans are going to be smiling after night one because of the funky things that happen with some other teams that are picking ahead of them. Somebody's going to bite on a quarterback. Somebody. Kind of. What are happens. the What are the chances? Mm-hmm. Give me a percentage that the New York Giants could draft a quarterback. I hate to do this to you, but I also like to do this. How about six point nine? Can we do that? Yeah, you sure can. Sure, six point nine. Um, because I mean that would be nuclear. Yeah, the way that they structured Tyrod Taylor's contract, which I can't believe I'm saying this. Like, why is Tyrod Taylor going to stop the Giants from drafting a quarterback? The way that they structured Tyrod Taylor's contract, it's more backloaded next year. Um, so they're preparing for a world where Tyrod Taylor is their starter next year. Next I don't year. think they would have done that if, like, hey, we're just going to take Malik Willis, and Malik Willis can sit on the bench for a year when Daniel Jones is the starter this year. Or Daniel Jones could, you know, right. be sat this year if we take a guy like Malik Willis. And Malik Willis is the only quarterback that I would really entertain in this draft class if I were the Giants. Now, if I'm a team like the Steelers, the Saints, a guy like Matt Corral is kind of interesting because he has kind of that quick trigger. But for the Giants and Brian Dable and the system that they run, Malik is the only guy that I would really entertain. So, And also, uh, <laughs> the Giants took Davis Webb. Mm. We're talking third-string quarterback from Cal who was drafted by the Giants uh, a long time ago to be like Eli Manning's replacement. Right. They took him from the Bills this year, and he was supposed to be the Bills' quarterback coach. Like, he was going to go from practice squad quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, and they were going to promote him all the way up to be like, that's like a hot job. And you are you kind of have like a fast track to become like an OC and then like a head coach if you're a QB coach. So the Giants signed him to their roster not to be a practice squad guy. You would think, like, if we're going to take you away from yeah. a job that's a QB coach— and we're going to bring you to be a third-string quarterback, we're not going to bump you down to the practice squad. So the Giants have three quarterbacks that are definitely going to be on their roster this year. So I don't see them adding a quarterback. Man, that's, those would love to get in Davis's web, Webb's head for those mm. conversations. I would also like him to get should into I, Davis's web. Should I become a coach? Or should I keep playing football? Yeah. 
he he wanted he wanted to keep playing, and I, and I kind of admire that. Him. I kind of admire that, even though he's not playing, he's not starting. Um, but I mean, that's a hot job that he kind of said no to, like being the QB coach for Josh. Allen. Right, you're basically penciled and in for success. This isn't just like being the QB <laughs> coach for you know a, a Joe Schmo. This is being the quarterback coach for Josh Allen, and if you find success in like two years, you're going to be an OC. And he said no. Love that. Good for him. Yeah, Good for him. Um, okay, Guess he's only 27, maybe. I could I see why you want Isn't to play as long as you can. Crazy. But man, he got, he that got offered that he was going to be <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to be like a 30-year-old Yeah, like a McVay, like yeah. you know like a Sean yeah. McVay or one of these There's a world where that's like, how it could have shaken out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, we will track the Davis web story as it goes. Um I've got a silly question. Yeah. Who do you love? Who like do who love? do you love in this draft? Like maybe middle, late first round or just someone that you're like, because that's kind of the other weird part about this draft. Yeah. Um, like you were saying at the top, I mean, even you get, you basically get to pick number two and we're asking questions about guys, yeah. whether it's Trayvon Walker, Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, you know, if Malik Willis does sneak his way up, mm-hmm. uh, the wide receivers, everyone has their own flavor of pick. Uh, even Evan Neal, who you've referenced a few times now, yeah. I, I've heard a lot of scouts say, like, this guy isn't, like, a lock. Like, yeah. he's, you know, a big old old lineman from yeah. Bama that's, you know, that he's got a, a good chance to be good, but he's also, yeah. there's there's you, some holes. I, I Take your chances. So I guess who do you, like, love? And I keep on talking. I know we're talking a lot of O-line stuff. I know we are. We'll, we'll, we'll get that's to talking fine. some s- skill position stuff. But I think two of the best players that are just going to come out of this draft. And at the end of the day, the NFL draft is about drafting good football players. Right? Positional value does very much matter. But at the end of the day, you look back five years from now and you evaluate draft classes of, is this a good football player? Yes or no? And two of those good football players are Zion Johnson and Kenyon Green. Zion Johnson is an interior offensive lineman from Boston College. Kenyon Green is an interior offensive lineman from Texas A&M. And those are two players that are they're they're different playing styles. Zion Johnson is a really really good athlete. Kenyon Green tested poorly at the combine, but is also he can move in space, but he's a lot more stronger. These are going to be two of the guys that are going to be just good football players and the best football players that come out of this draft. And I'm I'm very very confident in that. Um, and I really do think that one of these two guys, uh, if the Cowboys are smart, which mm. uh, I know, hey Cowboys, America's team. I'm sure there's some Cowboy fans listening to that. I'm excited to see what they're going to do at pick 24. Because I think that they should go the interior offensive line route. And I do think those guys will ultimately be there. Um, there's a lot of teams that need offensive linemen. There's going to be teams that are going to be scared to pick interior guys because the position isn't as valuable. Um, but these guys are locks. And if the Giants are in a position where they're trading back, um, I will be slamming my fist on the table being like, take Zion Johnson, take Kenyon Green. Um, and those are two guys I really I also really do like Devin Lloyd too. So okay. I, I know I mentioned him a, yeah. a little earlier. I love, love, love Devin Lloyd. And you know, you saw the the success that Micah Parsons had last year, you know, linebacker from Penn State. And he's an edge rusher, but he's also that interior linebacker. Now I think Micah Parsons is a better edge rusher than he is interior linebacker. I think the Cowboys should think about moving him there full time, but I don't think that they will. Um, you know, he because he has that versatility. Why not keep that versatility? But Devin Lloyd, unlike Micah Parsons, who is a better edge rusher than interior linebacker. Devin Lloyd's a better interior linebacker than edge rusher, but he can line up in both of those spots. And that's where you may see a lot of these more successful interior linebackers. That's what you may see them do because the spot of interior linebacker 
the value is kind of dwindling in an NFL where you're putting more secondary players on the field, you know, more nickel, you know, more 11 personnel, more 10 personnel where you're spreading out the football field, right? You see that with the Cincinnati Bengals and Zach Taylor, the formations that they run. You're taking these linebackers on the field and you want to put more cornerbacks and safeties on the field. But if you can have an interior linebacker that could also rush the passer and could line up in the edge, I mean, that is such, such a game changer. So I love Devin Lloyd. And, and if it wasn't irresponsible to take him at seven, um, if the board falls a certain way, I like I would I think he I think he can be a top ten if it wasn't irresponsible to do it. I love it. What um the wide receivers. Yes. They are probably the most fun part of this draft, I, I guess at least from the the general perspective. And NFL drafts are heading this way because college offenses are becoming so pass heavy and because yeah. NFL offenses are becoming so pass heavy that the wide receiver position there's potential for six, seven guys or so. Yeah, to go I just I just did the quick math. Six divided by thirty-two is eighteen percent. So like twenty percent of the first round picks could be wide receivers. Math pod. Yes. Um, who do you like? Because again, this is another funny one where there's the the consensus is there's no consensus. There's yes. uh, Drake London is is the big boy, and apparently he's got a. A work ethic that's awesome mm-hmm. that that you you dream of, especially from the wide receiver position. It's like a Brandon Marshall, like that's the body type that he kind of has. There's you know? the two guys out of Ohio State, Garrett Wilson and Olave. Who yep. Olave, if you just if you casually watch college football, I think he was the guy that kind of jumped off the screen a little more. If you yep. watch an Ohio State game, it seemed like he was always making big plays. Jamison Williams, the speedster from Bama. Uh, I've heard people talk about Traylon Burks from I Arkansas. Love, like, I love Traylon Burks. The the way the people, the people who I respect their football opinions and the way they talk about him, it like if I had to sprinkle investment chatter on some yeah. of these guys, it'd be him. Like pe- people freak out about him. The only thing with Traylon Burks, and I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. I was listening to a podcast that's kind of. That's kind of a little bit more, definitely more plugged in than I am. I'm not really plugged in, and I don't really, I don't really consider myself like a scout. So also take that with a grain of salt too. But I was listening uh, to a podcast that was talking about Traylon Burks's usage at Arkansas, and, and that's important when you look at a player for both looking at finding pros and then also finding cons. Um, Traylon Burks is a like six three. I have a size right here, six two, two hundred and twenty five pound wide receiver. So I mean, he's a big physical yeah. wide receiver. He's big, and he was used in like this intermediate part of the game. Like he was one of the leaders in the country in in, in like screen attempts and screen yards and screen catches. So it's like, well, why is this big physical wide receiver being used in the screen game? Now you can have a bad offense with a bad quarterback, which are at Arkansas they certainly did have. But also heard about some things like. This is just how how they had to use him because, you know, not learning the playbook and, you know, not not being fully up to speed. Like, hey, let's just snap the ball, get snap the ball, get you the ball. So there's not that much that has to happen in the middle of getting you the ball. So that's the only bad thing that I heard about Traylon Burks. But he would be like an option for the first round. Like if the Giants had, you know, hey, pick pick 20, pick 25, or even if he lasts to 36. I'll tell you what, even if he lasts to 36 on day two, even with those some of those concerns, if the Giants do their background work and Traylon Burks is there in the second round, I take him. But yeah, there's so many good wide receivers and the way that kind of, you were talking about the way the game is moving to a passing league, but also the way the college game is going too, because there is so much passing now. You are seeing so many advanced wide receivers. And it's a thing that's happening Every every single year, even guys like I'm, I'm I'm looking at the third round. Like Christian Watson is a guy that could be there second third round. 
Love him. Mm. Love him. John, John Mechie is a slot guy from, from Alabama. Yeah. Alec Pierce is a guy that Bobby and I really, really love from Cincinnati, and he got the chance to go up against Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant every day. There's a Kobe Bryant in this draft. Mm. There's an Isaiah Thomas in this draft. There's like two other basketball names. Is in it this, Kobe in this Bryant? I think it's with the C. Colby? Co- Kobe. Kobe, but with, the with the C. C. Okay. With the C. Um, uh, Calvin Austin, the third, is another. He's a small slot guy from Memphis. There, there's just so many fun guys, and you may see teams either go crazy with wide receiver, which that's what we have seen the last couple years, where there's just a run of wide receivers in the first round. But also, you may see teams back off and say, "I don't want to take right. wide receivers in the first round because there's just so much good value in the draft throughout the entire draft with these wide receivers." No, I mean even uh, again, I got. Got further into football this year, uh, and I was very happy with that because um, I was I was worried it was going to fade a little bit. Basketball was tough, but you know, even Justin Ross from Clemson, yeah, six four. Uh, I'm looking at a rankings right now that has him as the 21st wide receiver in this draft, yeah. and like that's and he wouldn't be the 21st if he you know he had some really bad injuries. I think like some spinal stuff, mm. but he wouldn't be the 21st guy if it weren't for those injuries. So if a team is able to look at his medicals and be like, hey. We, we we think can we can get work. something, and also it comes a point where day th- you know if you're picking day three of the NFL draft, you know the odds of this pick turning out to be something good anyway is very very slim. So if you feel like you got a guy, you take him, and definitely wide receiver, you know, and a lot of these wide receivers they definitely fall in that category. I love it. Let's um, let's do the fun one, Panic mm. quarterback, quarterback. I'm starting to love with the stock equation. I not that I'm. I'm not involved in the stock market at all. Mm-hmm. I guess I'd like to be. Me and BBD were crypto guys, guys for a little bit. Yeah. Does our crypto still suck? Yeah, I mean, we, we obtained our crypto at an all-time high, yeah. so that was that was unfortunate timing. Was but I think we just... Crypto I, I just I just do anything Trevor tells me. <laughs> our investor True. extraordinaire, Trevor Plouffe. Um, I also do anything Trevor tells me. Yeah. <laughs> Why not, right? Um... So I guess the conversation starts with mm. I'll, you get two bets basically. Who do, who do you, who, well, who do you want to start with? You get the bet to be the who's going to be the best quarterback out of this draft. Okay, and then you get your sprinkle because let's be I think the first two names are Willis and Pickett. They've been discussed a lot. Yeah. Um, after that, you already mentioned Matt Corral. A lot of people like him, and if you watched him in college, he was an awesome watch. I yep. mean, pure, one of the purest forms of entertainment uh, to his own detriment. He was so aggressive that he got he got beat up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a lot of other fun ones. If everyone, anyone remembers Cincinnati this year, Desmond Ritter, yep. he, was, he was a lot of fun. He's played a lot of college football, which that matters to some teams. Oh, it does. Yeah. Um, Sam Howell. So, so I guess... Who's the guy, and then who's your sprinkle on who could be the guy? Okay. Who's, who's your odds? So, I do think Matt Corral is going to wind up being the best quarterback. Okay. I, I, just, I have that feeling because so much of it is centered around situation. I think Malik Willis may be the first guy that's taken, and I have a feeling he may go to the worst situation. But I'll talk about Matt Corral first. Um, Matt Corral was in an offense that was very, very RPO-centered. And the league is kind of trending towards that direction. If, and I have a feeling Matt Corral could go to a team that could really integrate the RPOs well into their offense. So the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, that was a team with Big Ben the last couple of years. I don't know if they want to transition away from this, 
but if they want to stay with the quick release, quick release, get the ball, you know, hey, RPO, you're going to hand it off, you know, play action, whatever, you know, you can integrate both of those things in and then get rid of the ball. And that's what Matt Corral did at, at Ole Miss. Um, and, he, and he did it very, very well. I mean, he also had the, the splash throws of, you know, throwing it deep. And he has, and he has, some, and he has a kind of nice deep arm, do you, deep uh, arm as how, well. How much do you get caught into coaches like Lane Kiffin? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's like, is that a plus or a minus that he was coached by Lane Kiffin or did he have like a big advantage? It depends who the team is. Right. Because at the end of the day, you know, you're going to have a team, um, you know, I just want to use this as an example, you know, a team, maybe Andy Reid, for example, Andy Reid with Patrick Mahomes and they have uh, a very high average depth of target. They're looking to push the ball down the field with explosive plays. I could be off on this. I'm just using this as an example. Um, Matt Corral had a lower average depth of target. He's not throwing the ball deep down the field. So Andy Reid, when they're doing their quarterback rankings, they're not going to draft one, but they, every NFL team, they do this every year. They do their big board rankings and positional rankings, and they're probably going to have Corral a little bit lower because maybe his average depth of target was not as much, and he doesn't have that experience, doesn't have that pedigree. Pittsburgh Steelers, the last couple of years, and their offense that they've been running, um, they have been very quick base, mm. intermediate. Um, the New Orleans Saints, there was a little rumblings that with their new regime and their new head coach that they might want to get back to what they were doing with Drew Brees in early days where it's like quick, quick release, go, 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 boom, 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 but also throwing it down the field too and having that nice little balance in there too. So uh, I think those two teams that may be looking for quarterbacks, um, Steelers and Saints, if he if if a guy like Corral is able to go there, I'm kind of excited for his future and excited to see what he can do. Okay. I like that. Yeah, the the Steelers. It's kind of funny because, um, a Kenny Pickett, um, Pittsburgh, and yeah, there's all the hand stuff. If they want to get, if they want, I think that's a very comfortable pick. Kenny Pickett out of all these quarterbacks, it is the most comfortable and can easily see him becoming. Okay, you're going to be an Andy Dalton. You're going to be a Kirk Cousins, which is something I want to ask you. I was thinking about this, Mm, you know, when we were when you sent me your your questions. Because I'm so into football, and you know, I'm you know, we're such psychopaths. If you're if you know if you're a football day sure. in and day out guy, where I have a certain opinion of of quarterbacks and taking quarterbacks and if quarterbacks are worth it. And the question that you actually asked me in in, a, in the text message is, um, do you do you hate quarterbacks like in the draft? Mm. Like, do you just hate mm-hmm. how quarterbacks like how teams take them? Yeah. So, what's your approach if you're if you're Bron- Broncos without Russell Wilson? Broncos right. don't have Russell Wilson, oh, and they take yeah. a guy like Kenny Pickett. What are your thoughts? Amongst this draft class? Yes. Um, honestly, I think I'm so... The quarterback game has proven to be so near impossible mm-hmm. that I say, okay, let's find out. Um, and I, I think, you know, you have to... I think the biggest step after that is finding your threshold. Um Trevor Lawrence, going back to last year, one of the best, like, quarterback prospects ever, right? Mm-hmm. Like, led these Clemson teams against Bama, and he's the build and the running and the throwing. It, it was all there, right? Yep. He has one of the worst rookie seasons you've ever seen. The Urban Meyer stuff, obviously a big factor in that. And then the last game against the Colts, he, yep. he busts out that performance. So... For Kenny Pickett, and again, my Broncos, I saw a lot of bad quarterback play for a couple of years. Right. Uh, Brock. Um, you know, and that's the thing of, you know, where, where I'm trying to get, get at is teams just sometimes take quarterbacks because they need quarterbacks, and I get it. Like, you need, you need a guy to play quarterback, and you right. need a guy that is kind of good or you at least think can kind of be decent. But if Kenny Pickett's ceiling is Andy Dalton, 
If Kenny Pickett's right. ceiling is Kirk Cousins, which hey, Kirk Cousins isn't bad, you know, you can you can debate that, and I certainly think he's good. But you know, it, if your ceiling is Andy Dalton, Kirk Cousins, right. is that really worth it? Have no chance to ever be like a top right, right, six right, guy. Right, like, right. I guess it, it's just where ceiling gets scary for me in NFL football because, like, what is what are guys' true ceilings? Like, right. what's what was Derek Carr's ceiling? Like, I I don't know. Right. Can Kenny Pickett be a Derek Carr? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, Derek Carr was a second round pick. Carr's got a little bit of the gunslinger in him. Mm-hmm. Like, I I get what you're saying, and it it turns. And I don't even know. Like, I'm asking. Right. And it, I don't it, even know. It turns know. into this scope of sports, right? Where we. You know, that stat for years was that every AFC championship game was Peyton, Big Ben, or whatever mm-hmm. for a year. So it's, you do one of those, and like, you know, for the NBA, it's LeBron had been in every Eastern Conference Finals for yep. X amount of years yeah. or whatever. And you do this, okay, so so what matters? Like, okay, the Orlando Magic got the seven seed this year. It's like, well, they got better, blah, blah, blah. Um, for football, it, if you don't have a quarterback, you have no chance. Yeah. You have no chance, and that's where... Um, Drew Locke, it felt like the book was written. Um, and you know, there wasn't a huge sample size, but it didn't pass the eye test. Right. Uh, and then if you're going Teddy Bridgewater, who, you know, I know some of the numbers were nice and actually a few of the games I was lucky enough to watch this year were some of the good ones. And yeah. I was like, all right, Teddy ball game. Like, let's go wildly. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It was like, all right, Teddy, like that game, they rolled the Cowboys. Like, yeah, that, that was awesome. Um, but what are we getting? What are we working towards? Exactly. Exactly. Especially in a division where it's Mahomes and it's Herbert mm-hmm. and it's Carr. Yep. That you're coming into every season basically saying, I'm going to have the worst quarterback in the division and we're going to have to be so much better at every aspect yeah. of the game that, yeah, if, if you don't have the quarterback, I, you know, I said it last year and I, I don't even like him as a player, but the, uh, the Bears quarterback, um, Fields. Yes. I was, he was there for the Broncos. Mm. They ended up taking the cornerback who's a stud and like, I, I very much appreciate that. And it ties into this whole conversation yep. of now the Broncos have a stud cornerback going forward instead of Justin Fields, which I mean, flip a coin this year. Yep. Who, who knows if he's going to be productive or not. Um, which again starts tying into situation. Yep. Like I like the Broncos' skill in front office a lot more than what the Bears are offering. Yeah. So, quarterback. The answer is, is there's no answer. Cor- yes. If I, I had the answer, I'd be getting paid millions of dollars in a front office. And NFL, and I'm open to and that. Thirty two NFL teams would also have it figured out too. Quarterback, I think. And let me know. You're you're more of a bigger sports guy than I am. Mm-hmm. I'm a big football guy, uh, and I dab- dabble baseball. I like baseball. Um, you do like baseball. I love baseball. Um, quarterback is the most complicated position in sports. It is the most mm-hmm. complicated position because you have a guy like Dan Orlovsky who's played the position, and I really do like Dan Orlovsky. I think he's very smart. Dan Orlovsky said that says that quarterback is the most dependent position on what is happening, everything else around him. But then you also love other people that are saying quarterback. Right. You know, they have to make it happen. Quarterbacks have to make it happen. They have to take a bad team and they have to rise above the bad scheme, the bad situation, a bad defense. So they're and I feel like both of those takes, they're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> they're not wrong, even though they're polar opposites. Pretty to each reasonably other. believe either. Yeah. And yeah. The, there's like a time both. there's a time coaching equation where it's you come into the league, you need so much support around you. Mm-hmm. O line, skill, coaching. 
And then at a certain point, that needs to like cross over where you need to be helping your O-line, helping your talent, making plays yeah. for your coaches. And no one has that timeline figured out. And that's where I was actually, uh, I have a lot of shower thoughts. You may have heard those sure. on Talking Yanks, Talking Baseball. I genuinely think the Giants kind of did this. The Jets did this. And that's where I think this year, and I, I think football fans will appreciate this, if you have a young quarterback, the Broncos kind of did this with Drew Locke a little bit. You do your invest in all the skill position. Mm-hmm. I think that's what the Jets are going to do this year. They drafted the wide receiver last year. I wouldn't be surprised if they draft wide receiver running back in the first two rounds this year. And yeah. they say, hey, last year, you know, you were in the shit. Mm-hmm. We'll be honest with you. You didn't have a lot of help at all. Um, and Zach Wilson, I was tough on him early on. He showed some serious he growth. He did, yeah. With nothing around him. Yeah. Pretty much. Line. Pretty much. Got to have that line. Elijah Moore, I think he's, he's Elijah good. Moore. Yeah, he's but still, he was out and he was Still have back. Chris Davis, too, for another year. But I think this is the find out year. Yep. Where the Jets, I think their dream draft is they go tackle, wide receiver, running back. Mm. And they say, here you go, kid. Yeah. We're going to find out. You've had a year of NFL. You've had a year of coaching. This is it. Yeah. And that's kind of this whole quarterback time value equation that everyone's trying to figure out. Um, and then you end up stumbling into the Dak Prescotts. Is is Matt Corral a Dak Prescott? Like what was what was what was Dak Prescott's ceiling coming into the draft? Well, clearly he was a fourth round pick, Dak Prescott. So if you're I know there was about, some funny business before the draft. Did he get a DUI or something? I, like I don't. That? I don't think. I don't think so. Hey, and I think there was Dallas a little Cowboy. bit of Dak funny business before Dallas the Cowboy. draft. But either way, <laughs> Giants Cowboys easy with that. <laughs> you know, I, I guess that would be my thing. What was Dak Prescott's ceiling coming yeah. into the draft? Well, clearly, it was a fourth it, rounder. Not that it high. wasn't who he is now. He yeah. clearly passed it, so... And you could even make an argument... Ceiling quarterbacks, You could even make an argument, tricky. can Dak Prescott... What was yeah. Russell Wilson's ceiling coming again, into the as, NFL what, draft? Again, what was he? You know, he wasn't a first-round pick, you know? So that's why, again, it's so, Seneca it's so Wallace, unpredictable. That was his best case, like a 5'10 quarterback? And that's also what leads me to Malik Willis, too. Mm. Like, you know, you talked about who, who I think is going to be the best quarterback out of this draft in terms of having a good career. I, I think it's going to be Matt Corral. I have a feeling Malik Willis is going to go to a bad situation, and that's going to screw him over. It's going right. to screw him over because Malik Willis, you look at him, he's the only quarterback in this draft class that has this. He, you, you see Lamar. You see the ability to run. I mean, you, I, there's one area of, this, of his game that is not an exaggeration when you talk about Malik Willis. He is as good of a runner as Lamar, except I think he's more physical. He's bigger. Mm. He's bigger. He's more physical. Stout. He has that kind of like a little bit of Josh Allen in terms of that running ability mm. where you can use him as a third and short weapon and as a red zone weapon, right. which that is so, so valuable in the NFL. If you have a team that's good on first and second down, the whole idea of good NFL teams is that you don't get the third down. But if you get the third down, you want to get the third and short. And if you have that running quarterback that you can just... Just integrate that aspect of the game in there. It's a massive it's Awesome. Threat. Red zone as well. You know, red zone is where you get the creativity of the play caller, and then really you need that execution. Good teams separate themselves on third down and then also the red zone. So Malik Willis, he has that arm too. I mean, just arm talent, arm strength, those things that you can't teach, the things that are just God-given, Malik Willis has. And you get excited over it, but there's also, you know, the things that you could say that, you know, hey, Mahomes had all those things, but at least some things were more reined in and his technique was better and his accuracy was better. You know, that's the thing with Willis is that he has those upside traits and he has the potential to be like those guys, not 
maybe as good, but he has the potential to be like Lamar, like Mahomes, like Allen, because he has those traits. But is he going to go to a bad team? And is he going to have to maybe start right away when he's not ready? And what is the scheme going to ask him, ask him to do? That's the bottom line, and that's why I'm nervous for Malik Willis to see where he's going to go. Because if he goes to the Lions and he's taken second overall, I'm not feeling great about what a psychopath Dan Campbell break your break your kneecaps is gonna is gonna have in mind for him. So. That's where I disagree with you. <laughs> um, if it feels like the. I feel like everywhere I go read like draft stuff and quarterback rankings or whatever for this draft, it's like kind of everybody you can see if they end up in the right situation, like how that'll work out. Like they got either they're great decision makers, yeah. toolsy, whatever. And it feels like Malik Willis, like someone's just going to fall in love with the the tools that are there and, and perhaps reach. And he's, yeah. it does feel like he's just destined to end up in a unfavorable situation. I really like him. I, guess, I really like, like him, man. I guess what's what's the favorable situation? Is it the Steelers? If yeah, I guess that's it's the win yeah. for any of these I, rookie quarterbacks. Again, I feel like everywhere I I like go and read stuff, um, it feels like everyone's sentiment is like kind of whichever guy the Steelers end up with yeah. is gonna <laughs> Seahawks. Good. Seahawks could need a quarterback, but is I mean you could Maybe even look at Russell Orleans. Wilson and be like, what well, it was was that a favorable spot for Russell Wilson? Like he was really good, and I think he kind of elevated everybody. But until Pete Carroll's out of there. Um, I, I don't think going to the Seahawks is a quarterback-friendly spot. But, I mean, he could be a Seahawk, and that team is not bad. They it, it, yeah. Year in and year out, that team they're not a bad football team. So Malik Willis could go there. Um, and go, uh, Falcons, Falcons need a quarterback uh, as well. I mean, I, I, the mock draft that I did for Talking Giants tonight, I'm looking in the second round. They got Sam Howell out of North Carolina in the second round, mm. which, uh, you know, th- there's going to come a point where these guys are going to get picked. Yeah, I think you know? I think it's funny, and that's why I actually phrased my quarterback question to you like I do did. Do you hate quarterback? Yeah, got it. Was because this draft is getting less publicity because there's no big-time quarterbacks. Yeah. And, it's, and then the first, again, where I get my draft stuff, the first question has been about the quarterbacks, even though the draft, this draft is not about the quarterbacks because yeah. it's a quarterback-driven league. There's going we, to be a team. We have all the rules. There's going that. to be a team that is going to, and I can't tell you what team, but this is just how the league works. There's going to be a team that is going to start schwitzing, sweating mm. Thursday night. We need a quarterback. We feel lost if we don't have a quarterback. We got to take one. We got to take one. We got to right. take one. Somebody else is going to take him. He's not going to last, and they're going to trade up. I don't know how far. You know, hey, it used to be you trade up to the top five, top ten. It may not be right. that this year, but there's going to be a team that is going to trade for a quarterback, and it's and it's inevitable. Even though this is a quote unquote a bad quarterback class, which I would agree with that that, that it is not a good quarterback. Well, class. no, like everyone's known that all year, but it's still what happened. Oh yeah, it just, it just takes one team to fully believe. Yes, exactly. The fun fact that I really liked, and I think is definitely going to be start becoming a trend, and it's a popular conversation in Giants land right now is teams sneaking up into the f- end of the first round to get a quarterback because if you draft a quarterback in the first round, you get the fifth-year option. Mm, yes. So that's where I saw I saw a couple people saying the Lions, I think they have one of the last draft picks of the first round. Well, they have... Um, they have let 31. Me, let me check on this. They have 34. Um, they also... Let me check round one. Do the Lions have a So they, really have they have 32. They have 32 so as well. So they have the last pick in the first round. So Man. a lot of... People are saying that 
the Lions can wait for a quarterback, and if it's there, it's there. Mm. Or if you're a team that wants to get a quarterback, the the four teams before the Lions are Bengals. Mm-hmm. They're okay. Chiefs, Chiefs. Yep. They're also okay. And the Green Bay Packers. And the Bucks and the Titans and the Bills and the Cowboys, Cardinals, so, all before. <laughs> I think we're going to see some quarterback chaos at the end of the first round. A yep. team trades in. Um because and the other team that I heard as a late wild card that I kind of liked was the Titans getting in this QB game. Mm. Ryan Tannehill. What's guess, the contract? Guess Ryan Tannehill's age. Thirty-three. Is he like twenty-nine? He's thirty-four. Mm-hmm. Thirty-four. I had no guess. I mean, he did the he did full he, was, he did full college. I think even with a redshirt year, and then he had his Dolphins years. He's been yeah, he's, years. he's been around for a while. He's thirty four. I figured when you asked the question, it was going to be he's sneaky young, right? But you know, he was kind of the Titans' weak spot last year. He's thirty four. Like this is if, he has one more year left on his contract after this. So year. if you're looking for a team that maybe can shake up this whole mix, you know who do you like? Um, so Our I'm roster we've known. I'm excited to see. I'm excited to yeah. see. And, and the other thing, when we talk about quarterbacks and ceilings and potential, you know, Jalen Hurts got a lot of crap because it was like he, A, was going to a bad team. Mm-hmm. He didn't have the traditional quarterback passing skills. He, You're a big Hurts guy. I'm not, <laughs> and that's kind of the funny part. But he exceeded everyone's expectations this year. Yep. And whether it's Malik Willis or uh, Matt Corral or whoever it is, you know, everyone's saying Malik Willis needs to go, every quarterback needs to go to the right situation. But if he can find a spot that they can use his legs to help him survive yep. and get better and grow as the season go on, uh, we'll see. I, I'll say this. My my parting thing, and maybe this is just me being a, not a hater or a fader, or I'm just making up words now. If you told me the the list I'm looking at right now, the one two is Willis and Pickett, mm-hmm. and the three four is Ritter and Corral. If I could take either of those two pairings, I would go Ritter and Corral. I I believe in Corral's talent and the way he yep. plays, and Ritter. I think there's something like think about the quarterback formula when you look around the league at where quarterbacks come from. There's usually like it's not a lot of the premier colleges, and they were. Like, surrounded by the best O-lines. Like, mm-hmm. Cincinnati and the way that program got built. And Ritter helped build that program. 50 starts. To the point that it. they got Cincinnati into the college football playoffs, where yep. they got probably the worst possible matchup they could have gotten. Um, and we've talked about, like, arm talent. We've talked about all these different things, mobility and your ability to run and, you know, so, so much of these athleticism things, right? What you're getting with Ritter is if you're, if you're kind of a little bit more of an old-school team that – wants to bet on the brain. If you want to bet on a guy that's going to work hard, a guy that's going to improve, because that's also a huge aspect of it too. And that's the whole thing with the NFL draft is you're not just, you don't just want to draft players who you think are going to be good, but you want players who they're going to work hard and and they're going to get better. And that's what is so interesting about this draft process. Cause we don't know it, you know, kind of sitting here with the, you know, sitting here talking about it with the microphone, we don't know, and we're, we're trying to judge these guys uh, without knowing that information, but these teams know these guys like the back of their hands, and I have a feeling Ritter's going to be one of those guys where you know he's going to work hard, you know he's going to put in the work to get better. Um, you know, So, hey, he doesn't have the athletic upside, I think, uh, as opposed to any of these quarterbacks. I think Howell's better uh, athletically, um, Corral's better, Willis is better, but if Ritter's going to be the one to work the hardest, hardest, then, hey, a team's going to fall in love with that, and he could be around for a long time. 
And, you know, it, it's funny when we talk about these quarterbacks being athletic and when you actually go down the list, how many are using them or how many are yeah. smart yeah. Uh, and know how to use their arm and their accuracy yeah. and read a defense, you know, whether it's... Another huge part of it. You know, that, that's those second tiers of quarterbacks, whether it's, you know, Matt Ryans or mm-hmm. guys like that, like, hey, you can be really good if you have everything else figured out along the way. Um, some life advice from Jake. Wow. We covered a lot, Panic. I, I guess, is there anything else, if we're talking NFL draft and we're, we're finishing this up, that you need to get off their chest? No first-round running backs, it looks like? No, I, I, I think there could be. Maybe Absolutely. Maybe Brees Hall sneaks Brees Hall, in. Yeah, um, I think James Cook is going to go a lot higher than people think. I love um, seeing a Spiller on the board. Yeah, Isaiah Spiller. So uh, there, there are teams like, hey, the Bills. The Bills could right. go running back in the first round. Like they, They're looking at their team being like, well, what do we need? Because they're so close. Like, they're so, so close to being, like, a fully complete roster, and especially when you have that quarterback figured out. Like, hey, you know, <laughs> it helps everything else. So they're looking at, like, if they feel like they're running back away from winning a Super Bowl, then you know, you're in the back end of the first round. I'm not a big fan of taking running backs to the first round. And, I, and if I were the Bills, I'd rather take, like, one of those interior offensive linemen that I was talking about, Zion Johnson, Kenyon Green. But if they really feel like they're running back away, they're going to do it. There's going to be running backs that are going to go earlier. But it also wouldn't surprise me if they don't go in the first round. So, this yeah. is a fun draft. This is a fun draft, and here's what I'm going to say to you. Just hit the microphone. Here's what I'm going to. Here's what I'm going to say to you. Don't just don't just watch day one, day two and three. At least the beginning part of day two. Only psychopaths are watching day three, but the beginning part of day two, there are going to be some really really good football players available, and I am more excited. I am nervous about five and seven. Mm. I am very very excited about picks 36, 67, 81 that the Giants have. Um, and, it, and I love that they have a total of five top 100 picks. Um, and that's very, very rare. Uh, they're one of the teams that has the most uh, draft picks and draft value in the NFL draft. It's not like they have nine picks, but five of them are, you know, in the fifth and sixth and seventh rounds. So um, I'm really excited. This is going to be a fun draft. I'm excited for your favorite team. And if you're a football fan, I'm just excited for you that there is going to be some semblance of football on this weekend. We're one step closer to actual football. Yeah, man. It, it really is, and then you just you start dreaming about the whole roster and what works, what doesn't work. Yep. Um, just a couple Hail Mary thoughts I want on on tape. Yes. Um, I think Mechie's a stud, uh, mm. whoever gets him. I, yeah. I think he's going to make an impact in the NFL. And you, were, you asked me about fantasy stuff. Like, hey, fantasy wide receivers, <laughs> I think those slot guys, like... And it matters what team you go to yes. and everything, too. You know, that's... But like, that's for where, PPR, you know, yeah. you're talking about Dotson, Jahan Dotson from Penn State. Mechie's another guy that's a slot guy. Calvin Austin from Memphis. Um, those slot guys that can get a lot of catches and maybe do some fun stuff after the catch. Dotson, maybe not so much after catch, but Dotson's like a quarterback's best friend. Those are going to be the guys that I think, you know, kind of like year one... Target and like, hey, you're going to get a lot of targets. You're going to get a lot of catches. So, yeah, Mechie, love it. I uh, The two guys that I, again, for my show, I just want to say when I watched them play football this year, I was blown away. They were everywhere. The two Baylor safeties, mm. Petre, yep. am I saying that Jaylen. right, and Woods. I watched a couple Baylor football games this year, and those guys were everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Um and I know Hamilton's going to be the class of the safeties in one of the early picks. And by the way, if you watch any Notre Dame got games, you couldn't mm-hmm. not notice. He him, may fall a little bit, but you think so? Yeah, because I think just because safeties aren't getting valued. Well, also, people were hyping up, hyping him up like he was this Sean Taylor prospect. Mm-hmm. Kyle Hamilton's good. 
He's not Sean Taylor good. So I think you're going to see him fall to the teens. Like people were talking about him being a, a top 10 pick and stuff like that. Uh, um, Washington, I think they're at 12. They they could go Kyle Hamilton. Uh, Washington's also another team that low-key needs a quarterback. Um, so yeah, Kyle Hamilton may fall a little bit. But I like him. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, Justin Pennick. Thank you. What uh? What are we doing the next couple days? You guys are live Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yes, right? yes. We will be live on the Talking Giants channel. Uh, may also try and be live from the Talking Football channel. Don't know how that works, uh, BBD. If you can live stream from two channels at once, but worst comes to worst, it's just going to be on the Talking Giants channel. We're going to be live throughout the entire draft, um, and it won't just have the giant, the giant mix and the Giants vibe to it. When the Giants are picking, that's what we're going to mostly, mostly mainly be talking about, but. Not the entire draft. We're not going to be talking Giants for uh, 17 hours. So we're going to be talking to the rest of the NFL and the rest of these draft prospects too. Bobby Skinner has been really killing it more more than I have with uh, looking at these prospects. Um, my Google Doc is 63 pages long mm. of prospects. That is longer than my senior thesis that I took three years to do. So hope you stick with us. Uh, mm. John Boy Media Football support us. Um, yeah. You know it, it's it's coming. We're doing it, and uh, you know I, I'm kind of taking it personally that uh, I want to be. I'm taking my glasses off. I want to be the next uh, the next show and the next main thing that gets big on John Boy Media besides baseball. I'm taking it personally. Okay. I'm taking it very personally. I love it. I love that. Um, Justin Panic, incredible stuff. We will wrap up Wake and Jake as we always do. We'll do some comments of the day from last oh, please. episode. Uh, last time we were here, Noah's hot in the streets. Yankees fans throwing stuff on the field. Well, that's not hot. It was cold. It was hot. hot in the streets. It was a cold... <laughs> It was a cold, cold story. Uh, Brandon Neuschwander. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> As a Guardians fan, thought Miles Straw was kind of weird guy early on, but now he's my favorite player, and he's low-key good at baseball. That's how you become a fan of a guy. Yeah. How about that? Uh, Trevor Jones, me and BBD, we were talking about Miguel Cabrera's 3,000th hit. Mm-hmm. And Trevor Jones said... Told my fiance about Miggy's 3000 and it turned into a deep dive on how underrated Ichiro is. She did not care, lol. Glad you're here for me, Jake. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yes. Exact conversation we Deep had. dives. Um let's see. Um let's see. Who huge ass left a comment? Elijah huge Ramos. Ass. Yeah, huge ass. It's about the Mets, baby. Love the Mets. Oh, Angel Hernandez was hot in the streets. <sighs> Um, you must take some offense to that as an umpire. What he does for your it's it's not profession. good for my brand. Yeah, it's, it's it's not it's really not good for my brand at all. Um, how did I want to ask this question without seeming dumb? How does he have a job? Like you have to yeah. don't you have Unions. to be good? Unions, man. Um, do you think he intentionally makes it about himself? Like, do you think that's yes. part of like I do his thing? I, I went back and forth whether he was just completely blind to it or about himself. I think Jimmy Jimmy wanted to be completely blind, and I guess myself too. And then Jimmy also came around like a lot of the like egregious missed calls are with like two strikes mm-hmm. to like make the strikeout or to end the inning, and it's just it's like, yeah. I think he's a person that knows he's on camera and knew it was Sunday Night Baseball and... What any, do other any PR is good PR? <laughs> what do other umpires think of him? 
Do you have that? You have connections all around. Do you have that information? Um, you know what? We haven't reached out to our friend in a while. Why am I blanking on his name? Dale Scott. Dale Scott. Sent his book is book. on my desk. Um, yeah. I would love Dale Scott would give us an answer, and he would deliver it beautifully, and he'd say something like, "It's an extremely hard profession." Blah blah blah. If you actually look at how much he gets right. Well, there'd also end up being up, a little bit of a dig somewhere at Angel Hernandez's sure. humping. Naturally. Um, and then this one also just made me laugh because uh, I mentioned if it's late, if Jess is asleep, it's me and Noodle chilling, and mm-hmm. I have the itch to, I've been starting to play the show a little bit, getting into the show. I'll put a baseball game on my phone. I'll show whatever yep. Whatever good baseball game is on, I'll go to the MLB app. Um, and then I'll play my game of the show and I'll yeah. boop, 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 diamond boop. dynasty or a franchise. Where are you at? I'm a diamond dynasty battle rail, diamond dynasty battle rail. Okay. I like a draft. That is, that is your brain. I like a draft and an thing. even, even playing. Field. Mm-hmm. That's what I like. Um, so I was talking about that and Ryan commented, Jake watches baseball while he plays the show. I watch Jake talk about baseball while playing the show while I play the show. Little inception. So, do you know the strategy behind Battle Royale and everything? You're you're getting it kind of avoid starter starting pitchers oh, yeah. and oh, I was given I was given the tutorial from Joe's yeah. Joe's and Zach. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm now learning because that's power. Like Battle Royale, take power because you're facing pitchers that have lower overalls. So I'm getting more into the power. Mm-hmm. I will say I was blowing all the show players' mind in the office. I'm aggressive on the bases. Really. Yeah. yeah. And like kind of every baseball video game we play, that's like Jake's like brand of baseball. Is yeah. Create chaos, let them make a mistake. It's because the Yankees have scarred you so much push, that you want to just. I push do the it. envelope. Yeah. I, I push the envelope. Uh, do, I, do I get burned by it sometimes? Yes. Um, does like it work out sometimes? Yes. Um, a pretty good clip. Yes. So. All right, good. Um, you know, and I'm figuring out the glitchy players, Adalberto mm-hmm. Mondesi, guys like that. Yeah. He's been a Soler. glitch. He's been a glitch for years. Um, those two guys. So yeah. yeah, I love assembling that team, and I'm. Uh, it's always evolving. That's what I did throughout college. I just watched. I, I didn't bring my PlayStation. I didn't have cable. I got into YouTube when I was in college, and I got into other stuff. Like, I'm looking at. I don't know where I'm looking. I'm looking at you. Okay. Um, I uh, I got into your show when sure. I was in college too. And um, that's what I would just watch people play the show. I I love it. I love it. I love it. I yeah. Love it. Yeah. I get it. Like, I I don't consume a ton of content because I'm creating a lot of content. Yeah. Um, But I get it. And especially now with GeoGuessr, uh, GeoGuessr has gotten an interesting emotion out of mm-hmm. me. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. And Joe's McFly. I mean, I watch Joe's do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, I think we're kind of over an hour. I panic. You're my bro of the night. Oh, thank um, you. Appreciate it. Seems like a layup. Yeah. Seems like a layup. Um, enjoy Justin, Bobby. Who else is coming through? Danny, I might be coming through. Danny, Danny King, King might yeah, be around. Yeah. Uh, Nikki snacks snacks is going to be coming the uh, okay. Friday and Saturday. I think, um, okay. we're going to have uh, the football grump. If he's a, he's a giants guy who's really, really smart with, uh, with prospects. So we're going to have some people coming around and floating around. So stay tuned. And uh, all 17, 15 hours, however long the draft is, every single second, we're going to be in the live stream lounge over there. Over there. 
Watch them. Watch everything else on the John Boy Media Network. The Compound. Ian Happ. He plays baseball. Kota Mecca is that short. Um, and they have guests. My episode is one of their most watched. Not a big deal. Uh, JJR today. Big draft. Mm. Huge draft. Talking Baseball got released a little bit ago. One of the last topics steps before our Silver Daisy Award. Huge. Mansplain Baseball. Talking Yanks. Yanks are hot, baby. Everything on the John Boy Media Network. King BBD. King Tannic. Just not over my nation. Farm to Fame's doing stuff. Always. So much stuff. We're boxing? Kenobio? Mm -hmm. Joe's McFly?